0: Speak to. They are who we thought they were. But we're about the when we let them the like I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's
1: go scatter the West Break right, tight left, 372 Y Stick C Spot.
0: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, I'm gonna go to college. I'll just play football.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Guess what day it is? <laughs> Welcome into the show. I'm Matt. Beaver's here, but most importantly, you are here in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the state of Mississippi in all 82 counties. What's up with you on this hump day? Go ahead and cut a rug, Beaver! Whoa! Yes, sir, you made it to the halfway point of the week. It's hump day on the show. Hi to Caleb. Hi to Linda, who are commenting already on the live stream on Periscope. I'm Radio Wyatt. If you want to check that out on Periscope and Twitter. Hey to everybody who's watching and tuning in on the Facebook live stream, including Danny, who's watching in Houston, Mississippi. I got some ties over there to Houston, Mississippi, the county seat Chickasaw County. Dance do the Humpty Dance! Hump. Hump. Oh, Hump. Y'all ought to see Beaver, this man, br- gonna break a sweat before he's sober with. Yeah. Well, you know, it's my show. I can start it however I want. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time at all, you know that a lot of times later on in a a show, it could be a random day, we'll kind of venture back over into TV land, look back on things that happened on this day in uh, the TV world, but usually it's later in the show. But I have a reason that I want to make you aware of something here at the beginning of the show. There's a reason for that. Again, the show in the Farm Bureau studio, staying connected to you because of C Spire. Call me today. You can be a part of the show in lots of different ways. Call me on the Davini phone, Davini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. They are your Kubota dealer, and you can text me on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. Eight eight five ESPN is the number to text. You see it right there if you're watching the stream. Eight eight five ESPN call me on the divinity phone 9951059 so text call comment if you're watching one of the streams on facebook or on twitter and we'll get it in that way first up some folks on facebook real quick stacy says saturday i stocked up with country Pleasing and sausage and beef stacy that was you wasn't it that drove you sent me a picture you drove from meridian to florence just to go to country meat packers in Florence, right there on Highway 49, and pick up all that country pleasing sausage, right? That was you. Well, hats literally hats off to you. Check out my new country pleasing hat, it's kind of a teal color with the red hog on the front. Yeah, I'm sporting a new hat today. If you're watching the stream, you can see that. Alan, he's in uh, are you right? He's are you in downtown Philadelphia? Uh, Lou Ellen. Hey, it's Lubel, listening from Homewood. Joy, it is a beautiful day. Thanks for your comment. Thanks for watching on Facebook. And Alan, yeah, the men are good looking, women are strong, and the children are above average. <laughs> and I know exactly what's that. what that is from. Our Prairie Home Companion. I know they were embroiled in some controversy over the last couple of years, but boy, have I enjoyed uh, that content over the years. Prairie Home Companion. What happened to all that stuff? Where can I find it? I'd go back and listen to the old stuff uh, if I could find it. I'm sure there's a podcast out there somewhere. Okay, get on track, Mac. Here's here's why I said what I said and why you saw what you saw when the uh, show title went out there. Starting today's show with something in the TV world on purpose instead of saving it for later. Today, well, let's back up. On May the 4th, what was it? May the 4th be with you. We talked about. You know all the uh, Star Wars stuff and played the song and and, uh, we heard from (laughs) Chewie and R2D2. Okay, so that was two days ago. May the fourth be with you. Yesterday was May the fifth, which is what Cinco de Mayo. Had a good time of that. Well, today's not a holiday. It's not a holiday. But it's May the 6th. Well, what is the significance of May the 6th? And, Matt, why are you talking to me about TV? Well, this happens to be a day where there's a lot of TV history, and I saw it first thing this morning in an email that I get, and I thought, I'm bringing this up. Beaver, you are a big-time TV watcher. We're going to get to it later. There's a a new uh, member of the family that plugs into the wall at your house. But you're close enough to my age, I think you're going to remember all of these shows. Okay? so I And you being someone that is kind of a renaissance man, movies, TV, music, very well versed. I think this is right up your alley. First up, on this day, May the 6th, 1957, the final episode of I Love Lucy aired on television. Now, if we're gonna do these things, which I do throughout the year, You can't leave this one off. You got to do it. So, I Love Lucy, final episode, aired on this day back in 1957. But there's more. Also on May the 6th, this time in 1984, the final episode of The Jeffersons aired. Come on. George and Wheezy. Now, find me a better theme song. Find one. You can't. I don't think you can. Tapping your toe. I know you are. Roll your window down. Turn it up to 11. told y'all the story about how one of the first curse words I ever used, I learned it by watching the Jeffersons. It's a true story. Come on, big finish. Doesn't get much better than that. So, the final episode of I Love Lucy, the final episode of the Jeffersons, uh, almost but not quite 30 years later. There's more. Yes, I said it. There's more. On this day in 2004, the final episode of Friends aired, May the 6th, 2004. Now, Beaver, we're starting to get in your wheelhouse. I must ask you, are you a fan of the show Friends?
0: I did like Friends. I
2: originally, yeah, I watched it the first couple seasons when it originally was airing and then I got out of it. Okay. And it's funny because I didn't get back into it until last year. Because really? I would take I would when I would take the break from Chris's show until Jake's show. Yeah. When, you know, before I was running this one. Right. In the mornings I, wat, I would watch Seinfeld on TBS. Okay. So when I got home my TV would still be on TBS and they loved to show seven hours of friends every day
1: for some reason. <laughs> And I got called
2: up watching Friends, and it's the first time I had seen it in almost 20 years. And I said, you know what? This is a little funnier than I remember.
1: Yeah. How about that? On this day in in 2004. Well, you know, um, I didn't get into Friends when it was on the air. I just didn't like it. I still don't watch a ton of the reruns. But I find it more entertaining now at 40-something than I did at 20-something in the late 90s. But I had buddies who were, I was in school with in the late 90s that are watching that show, Friends, and just like it's appointment view, and they're having friends watching parties. And I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. How do y'all watch that crap? <laughs> That's how I was, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And now I actually kind of like it when I catch a rerun every now and then. Okay, all of this, all this stuff in the TV world on May the 6th. May the 6th ought to be TV Day. Final episode of I Love Lucy. Final episode of The Jeffersons. Final episode of Friends all aired on this day. There's one more nugget in there. There's a bunch of other stuff, but there's one more I want to throw in. In the middle, in there somewhere, on May the 6th, 1989, the 100th
0: episode of this one aired. Uh
1: huh. The, the Golden Girls.
0: Your heart
1: is true. Dorothy. You're a pal and a Rose Blanche. Sophia Stan and everybody else the
0: biggest gift would the would thank you
1: my daughter is uh, eight years old she had this song memorized by the time she was five because it was always showing reruns of the Golden Girls on the Hallmark channel that my wife watches all the time but beaver here's here's what I want to know from you are you familiar with what a seg is kind of you know it's a shortened term for a word that's in the tv world seg i mean it's kind of segment yeah well segue i mean it's sort of segue yeah so in these shows they will change from one scene to another or they'll show the intro and then they go to the first scene or within the show something happens and they cut to the next scene to you know the next. Well, a seg is something that ties them together. Well, in the case of the Golden Girls, it was always music. So if you have ever watched an episode of the Golden Girls, you've heard this when they went from like a scene at, at one location back to the house. You've heard these segs, <laughs> right? Now we're back at the house. Do <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about? Anybody who's ever watched the show has heard that. You recognize that. It's not a theme song. It's a seg. (laughs) That's what it is. So we're kind of getting educated here on the whole production business. There were two more that were iconic. Remember this? see now we cut to the next scene and the last one it's a little longer they usually play this seg after the intro as they go to the first scene of the show in the house see it's a little longer so beaver here's what i'm gonna do on today's show Son, you do enough radio especially during this pandemic during this quarantine, when we have no sports, by the way, I got a chuckle as I heard Chris Brooks on his show on the gridiron about 30 minutes ago. I heard him utter the words when he said. "He's He said something. Well, I, I don't know if I am wording it exactly right. He said something along the lines of, please, God, give us our sports back. <laughs> mm-hmm. I heard him say that. OK, so, you know, that. We're having a hard time cutting from one story to another. Sometimes we need a segue, like right now. I've done this whole TV build-up thing, and I want to cut now immediately to a sports story. And I don't really have a good way to do it, but I've got to let the listeners know. I think it would help if, in the middle, we had a nice little musical seg. So here we go to our first story of the show. <laughs> This is like really I would say. Meanwhile, Mississippi welfare scandal audit. Money went to cars, family, and paying Brett Favre for speeches he never gave. Beaver, right, let me ask you real quick. I didn't get to hear the entire Gridiron today. Did y'all talk about this at all? This story.
2: Uh, no, we covered it a little bit on Jake's show yesterday. Okay, but no, Chris hasn't.
1: because oh. it came out really. I guess the continuance and the and. Other information came out yesterday afternoon. It would have been very timely for you guys uh, with the uh, Jake on the drive. But the story continued yesterday. Reports. It's a 104-page audit of the Mississippi Department of Human Services. They released that audit on Monday. Yesterday, media gets a hold of it. And you can see what's in there. Okay, here's a report. million in welfare money spending was questioned by the auditors. Okay, so they're doing the auditors. If they question it, it means there's something fishy. $94 million in fishy spending. It's incredible. You can read through any of the reports out there and see that they're calling this. The the, the state auditor's office, Uh, Shad White and his folks are calling this, the biggest the misappropriation of funds and misspending scandal in the state history well that's pretty big routine annual audit turns this up among the audits questioned spending two nonprofits used welfare money to hire lobbyists without paperwork describing what they were supposed to do they gave contracts to and hired family members of this guy, uh, some guy named Davis, who was running the show. Sometimes they made lump sum payments. Payments and salaries to his nephew, to his brother-in-law, totaled over a million dollars over the last several years. And Now here we are with the sports angle. When this came out several weeks ago, we got the angle on the wrestling stuff, right? Here's this. Brett Favre's company, Favre Enterprises, was paid $1.1 million over two installments for appearances, promotions, autographs, and speaking engagements by the former star quarterback. Auditors say, after reviewing the dates and other details, they decided and determined that Favre, quote, this is from the audit, did not speak nor was he present for those events. Well, what did he get paid for? Again, this is an accusation. Nothing, I guess, proven yet, but this is what the auditors say they found. They wrote that the amount Favre made in the deal was unreasonable. The Clarion Ledger wrote that they reached out to the Favres and uh, to his agent for comment on this story and several related Uh, stories, and has not received a response yet. He does not face any criminal charges right now. Then you got the wrestling stuff. Both of these nonprofits gave welfare money meant for needy people, hungry people, poor people, to help them get on their feet, to help them have food to eat, to help them be educated enough to get through a job interview and maybe support themselves. But instead, they gave money to wrestlers, Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase Jr., Brett DiBiase, some of it for work they never performed. Some for, as the audit says, unreasonable travel costs. They paid for, with welfare money, they paid... Um, Victory Sports Foundation to run fitness programs. Mississippi legislators and other officials and staffers participated in some of it, free of charge. Now, in the story, you'll see a name, the trainer who runs Victory. His name is Paul Lacoste. Paul is a former teammate of mine. He was a little bit older than me, but I was on the same team as Paul for a couple of years at Mississippi State uh, back in the 90s. So Paul is saying that he didn't know that he was receiving money uh, welfare money from a nonprofit. He had no idea that's where this payment was coming from. He's just running a sports fitness thing. They hire him to go in here and do a sports fitness program for Mississippi legislators. They bought three cars with welfare money. All of them fifty thousand plus. F two fifty. Nissan Armada. Chevy Silverado. It says the report highlighted many questionable advertising, promotional and branding expenses paid using welfare money, including payments to media outlets. Clarion Ledger for digital ads, Telesouth Communications, WAPT TV. They used welfare money for sports related purposes, it says in the report, including Sponsoring a college baseball tournament and other NCAA events. Now, what could that be? Is that a postseason baseball tournament at Southern Miss? Was it one at Mississippi State? Was it one at Ole Miss? What was it? Here's an example in here. Davis, the guy who ran the thing, he's going to jail. Says that uh, they found that a $3,000 check to a bookkeeper at the organization was cut. Though a handwritten note said that $3,000 cash was given to Davis, the Department of uh, Human Services executive director. Boy, you talk about just, I mean, like willy nilly just shoddy throwing it around. They moved six million dollars in welfare money to a private school and organization run by Nancy New and bought supplies for the school with it. Welfare money. <laughs> I, You know, I'm still kind of consuming it. It's like my dad says sometimes, you know, I don't understand all I know about this. I just know this was like Just willy nilly, y'all want some money? Here. Who cares what the money is for? Let's just do what the heck we want to with it. Have a good time. Drive some nice cars. Brett wants some money. Give it to him. Joy on Facebook says stealing from poor children. Horrible. What does it mean for Brett Favre? May take a while to hash all that out, but we'll keep an eye on it. All right, your text coming up next. Stick around. Rolling. Here we go. Rolling along with you on this hump day, Wednesday, middle of the week. Appreciate you tuning in. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team. They are your home team. Man, look at this. The real C. Collins on Twitter sent me a picture. (laughs) On Twitter, he tagged me, at Radio Wyatt. That's me. If y'all ever want to tweet anything to me, just go right ahead. And he tagged me with the caption, true story. And there is a picture of someone fishing with a spinning rod. Okay, so a spinning rod is, you know, the kind that, it's kind of like the classic fishing rod that has the reel that that hangs underneath your hand. You know, you reel it with your left hand. I guess you could switch it, but, you know, to cast it, you flip the bale open, you hold the line, you flick the line out there, flip the bale, and you wear spinning rod. It holds underneath, and it spins as you reel it. And he says, there are people... These are the people that wear masks alone in their car and that's the one with somebody's fishing with it turned upside down so that they can reel it right-handed. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like I said the other day real see, we can't judge everybody. There are maybe somebody went through a drive-through with their mask on. Maybe they did a a, a curbside pickup for a local restaurant that you see them as they're driving away, they just haven't had time as with the car moving to you know, take their hands off the wheel or something and take the mask off in their defense. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> but I really do uh, appreciate that picture and that thought, too, because that drives me crazy. Absolutely drives it's like It's like bass fishermen that want to call themselves a pro, yet they have a bait casting reel with the handle. They reel it right-handed. You know, they reel it with their right hand. But to flip the bait for a casting technique or... Flipping and pitching in tight cover, say they're up there in the river somewhere. They put it in their right hand, flip it out there right-handed, and then stick it back in their left hand and have to exchange hands to do it. You ought to be pitching and flipping left-handed. That half a second of switching hands, sometimes you know this. That bait hits the water and boom, in that half a second will cause you to miss it. <laughs> Are there such a thing as a fishing coach? I know there's such a thing as a fishing know-it-all because that's that's what I am. All right, uh, back to the story real quick, and then I'm coming to all your texts that came in earlier on the uh, country-pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. Tim, who's watching the show today on the live stream on Periscope Twitter, said, if this was an annual audit, how is this all just now coming to light? That is a good question that I don't know the answer to. I don't understand all this stuff. I mean, I can pass this kind of information along to you, but that's, you know, That's really all I can do. I don't understand any of it. Like I said, I don't understand all I know about this. But the the quote in the story was, the routine annual audit, which focused on fiscal year 2019, follows six criminal indictments earlier this year related to the welfare spending. So, I, I mean, I guess it could simply be it happened all within a year or all within fiscal year 2019. I mean, is that what we're saying? Because if that's the case, that's what the audit was focused on, and they found all of this in that amount of time. At least that's the way I read it, Tim. Y'all tell me if I'm wrong. Lane on Facebook commented and said, writing state tax checks has become a tougher pill to swallow. Indict them all and sort out who is guilty of fraud. I think they did that already. Now, like I said, you know, Brett Favre, he doesn't face any criminal charges. I mean, it's not a good look at all. You get a couple of million dollars for stuff you didn't do or show up to. But I mean, if you had a contract to do it right, it's not his responsibility to know where the Department of Human Services money is coming from. If he says he'll do it, they should pay him if he does it. If they pay him and he didn't do it, it's not a good look, but that's on them. I mean, at least in terms of law, right? Okay. Well, I'm not going to speculate anymore on it. All right, here we go. Text line. Squez started us off today. 885 ESPN, if you want to text the show. Squez said. We should say Squez says. He said, I think you need to officially ban Squirrel the way he was bashing you on the beep show (laughs) he was bashing me on somebody else's show that's really a shame that's really low down and dirty but hey what do you expect ask me if i have bashed squirrel anywhere to anyone no because first of all i don't know him you know i don't know him that's one thing it's kind of out of balance in this somebody like squirrel you know, gets a burr under the saddle with with me. Well, he knows me. He knows my name. He can find me. You know, I, I'm me. Well, he's just Squirrel. He's somebody who gives himself a name. He's looking for attention. Uh, but I hope he gets it. I hope he gets the attention that he wants. Let's see. Ghost Pepper. Matt, Brooks just vehemently defended his pronunciation of the word vehement. <laughs> Did he really? Let's check in with Beaver. Beaver, how did that go over when it came up on the show?
2: Yeah, who was it? Who just texted that? Was that
1: that Pepper? was Ghost Pepper, and, uh, he, and I don't know because he's always trying to start stuff.
2: Yeah, Ghost Pepper is a Ghost Pepper is the instigator. He's the, no doubt. Stop dragging Squirrel into this because GP is the man who likes to stir stuff up. No doubt. <laughs> but yeah, he he's texted in Chris's show about something about. I forget what he said vehemently mm-hmm. and regarding you. And Chris did not know that. And he said, Well, what's the deal with that? So I explained what was going on. Chris backed it up. And I now I will say I agreed with Chris though. Because okay. we came uh-huh. to the conclusion that by drawing it out, by adding more syllables to the word, it, it you make you get your point across.
1: <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Well, i vehemently defend my pronunciation of vehemently how about that all right so uh chris is hanging on the uh Divinity equipment phone line nine nine five one zero five nine. hey chris what's happening what's up matt yo how you doing i'm just right as far as i know
0: hey um you like nascar don't
1: you oh yeah i i i uh appreciate it i used to be a bigger fan than i am now i don't watch much now but i like it yes
0: Are you ready for some Wednesday night races?
1: Well, is that tonight? Gosh, I didn't realize it was that quick.
0: I don't know if it's tonight, but I know that they're going to start doing some doubleheaders and they're going to start running some on Wednesday night.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad. What are they doing, Chris, as far as fans?
0: Uh, They're not having any.
1: Yeah, I kind of figured that was the case, at least this early. But, hey, that's okay. I mean, you know, a car race.
0: we're We're getting to see three Darlingtons this year. Instead of one they're going to have three.
1: Hmm. Why is that? Why would they because do that? Because
0: right now from what from what from what I understood on the Dale Junior show his download um was that um uh, the North Carolina and South Carolina and Florida are the only three that have actually said that they could come race.
1: Okay. So they're <laughs> the just going to the
0: rest okay. of them hadn't said anything.
1: Well, so if the others are still waiting, which is fine, I'm sure NASCAR is going Hey, look, that's fine. If you, need, if you guys need to hold up and take your time on it, fine. We'll work with you on that. But these other states are going to let us come do it. We're just going to go there and race. And they're going to put it on TV and everybody's going to watch. You know, and, and Chris, I didn't stay up for the Korean baseball the other night because it was midnight. I was asleep. But I wish I could have seen it. to be live sport. But knowing that I'm going to see a live NASCAR race, I might turn on and check out the coverage. That actually incentivizes me watching NASCAR. Whereas in a normal situation, we'd have so many other sports going on right now. For me personally, it would be off the radar, so I'm probably going to watch. I guess you are too. Well, there.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I'm going to be sleeping because I got to run tomorrow, but I will be. I will probably catch the replay on XM because I listen to it a lot on there. But yeah. um, they, they, they said that they're they're estimating that it's going to be an extra 100 million eyes on Good Sunday. Good
1: grief! 100 million. Sunday. Wow. Hey, and yeah. you know what, Chris, you yeah, mentioned listening nothing, to it. There's
0: nothing else on the watch.
1: Nothing else, that's right. And, you know, you mentioned listening to it. I, for anybody who's ever been in the, the TV like or, or radio announcing world, you always find certain different sports interesting, how people go through it. You know, NASCAR television is one thing. You don't have to say a whole lot. Man, listening to NASCAR radio is fascinating. Where The way they will have... Oh, yeah, they- it's so fast-paced, and they'll have seven, eight, nine, ten different announcers at different parts of the track, and they just pass it off to each other. Like, like, we're doing the wave, and it's going around, but it's just from one announcer to the next. And, like, some guy's you know, stationed over there, and he's watching turn two, and then he passes it off to the next guy. It's really fast-paced and exciting to listen to on the radio. And y'all may be going, what? Trust me, try it if you haven't.
0: Oh, yeah. Dave Moody is, Dave Moody is the man when it comes to talking about NASCAR. But see, I I quit listening to Series XM because they cheat me on my SEC radio. I mean, how in the world can you not have anything on three channels when you have baseball games all year? I mean, you know, all through the spring, you won't hear nothing. They don't even play the, they don't even play the, um, the Omaha or anything on those, on those. And those channels are just sitting there.
1: Really? But y'all true. have
0: a good day, and I will talk to you later, and see ya! See
1: ya! I'm sure it's just broadcast rights. That's what it is, Chris. Uh, you know, local schools and people who do have the broadcast rights for those sporting events protecting themselves by not allowing it to also be heard on on satellite radio. That's, so there's some competition in that stuff, too, for audience, for listeners. So I'm sure that's why that happened. Lots more text to get to here in hour one. I promise we're going to kind of get to some of those. Coming up next, too, I'm going to, you know, speaking of sports programming to watch, there's something new about to pop up on your radar. You, you may not have heard about it either, but as a sports fan, you're probably going to want to circle that and either watch it or DVR it. I'll tell you what it is coming up. I'm Matt. Stick around. with you, somebody asked me on Facebook. Oh, Steve. Hey, Steve. Steve was wanting to know on Facebook where he could get one of these hats I'm wearing. If you're watching the Facebook live stream or on Periscope Twitter, you can see it. Kind of a teal trucker style hat. The back is mesh is white. Kind of teal on the front with a big red hog. Country pleasing logo says country pleasing across the back. Well... You can get it from Country Pleasing. I don't know if you can order hats online on their website or not. Check it out, though, countrypleasing.com. You can order food. You can order sausage. They'll deliver it to your house, FedEx, at countrypleasing.com. So check that out. But you can also find Country Pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. And uh, if you ever do like me and you pop into the butcher shop, Country Meat Packers, they're on Highway 49 in Florence. You can get yourself a hat like this one and others. As well. Back on the show. Y'all can be a part of it. See the number right there? It's 995 1059. That's, you can be like Chris. Everybody can hear your voice. Always enjoy talking with you on the Davini Equipment phone line. Davini Equipment in Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. That means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else. So give me a call 995 1059. The text line is the country-pleasing text line, 885-ESPN, 885 885-ESPN. 885 now, Bulldog Blitz texted us a picture, and it says, this right here is where it's at. Y'all can have those ditch pickles. That's what he calls bass, ditch pickles. Careful with that. He says, I'm taking these guys to the Mississippi River in pursuit of a 100-pound what are is that are those shad, are those big thread fin shad or is that something else that you've got in that cooler? It's bait, okay, but they're dead. So it's not live bait, but it was live bait. They're just frozen in a cooler. But what are they? A hundred-pound what? Bulldog Blitz. <laughs> I need more info. Bulldog Wes loved, loved, and I did too. The Jefferson's theme song from earlier in the show. The line about beans don't burn on the grill. I'm with you. Nick. On the country, please. In Texas, we pay scientists for diseases they don't cure. Politicians for promises they don't keep. So get off Brett's back.
0: There
1: you go, Wes. Let's see here. Unnamed Texture says, In your show's intro, someone says something along the line of, quote, we are who we think we are, or we are who they say we are. I wonder who said that in the basis. That was Dennis Green, the former NFL head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, of the Minnesota Vikings, and he had a famous rant in a press conference one time when he said, they are who we thought they were. And uh, so that's the the quote, the line that you hear in the uh, in the intro to the show. I got to go quick here. Bully Bill says Phil Bryant originally was the whistleblower on the indictments. This is additional, if I understand it correctly. Uh, Jason and Flagstaff said if Chris Brooks is a chemist, I just think he's a chemistry major, wasn't he at MC? Uh, Jason says. If he's a chemist and supports and appreciates sports ball, unlike most scientists, well, I'm going to have to start listening to him. (laughs) Look, if you don't listen to Chris, you need to. They have a great show. All right, so Bulldog Blitz clarified. Blue catfish or a giant flathead catfish, 100-plus pounds. He's going to the Mississippi River with some some big frozen shad, and that's what he's looking to catch out there. Well, good luck. If you catch one, send us a picture. All right, so here is, uh, as promised, Just a minute ago, if you're a sports fan, you may want to put this on your calendar, circle it, get ready, look on your DVR when it shows up, get ready to record it. Um, You've obviously been watching the Michael Jordan Last Dance. Well, you're going to get more. Because of the success of it, that documentary, and the lack of other sports, ESPN is ramping up all of its production and release dates of other documentaries. So you can look for this. Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire in a 30 for 30 called Long Gone Summer coming to a television near you in June. They also have one coming out about Lance Armstrong. I will not be watching that one. And Bruce Lee. So they announced yesterday ESPN is going to run a 30 for 30 documentary on uh, four successive Sundays after The Last Dance with Michael Jordan concludes its five-week, 10-episode run, which is in another week or two, May 17th. So after that, on May 24th and May 31st, you're going to have Lance, a two-part deal on Lance Armstrong, doping, all that kind of stuff. Uh, B Water about Bruce Lee comes on June the 7th. And then on June the 14th, Long Gone Summer Director A.J. Snack's Examination of the Cubs Sammy Sosa The Cardinals Maguire, And the steroid Tainted 1998 Chase of Roger Maris' Home Run Record So Of those three I'll watch the baseball one I imagine you would too I got some baseball stuff for you Sing along All right. On this day, let's see where we're gonna start. On this day in baseball history, let's go back to 1998. Cubs rookie Kerry Wood ties a major league record when he struck out 20 batters in nine innings on this day, May the sixth, 1998. Here comes the. He did it. It was against the Astros. Uh, he It was a one-hitter, a one-hit performance. Cubs beat the Astros 2-zip at Wrigley. He matched Roger Clemens, who did it twice, by the way. We talked about that last week at 20 strikeouts. The 20-year-old Kerry Wood broke the National League record of 19 strikeouts shared by Steve Carlton, David Cohn, and Tom Seaver. Really cool. Really cool. Here's another one for you. On this day in 2015, he'd been in the league three years. Bryce Harper, for the first time, hit three home runs in one ballgame. Harper in the air to left. It's carrying. Ichiro can only watch it. See you
0: later. And Harper to right field. See you. Up or down. You upper deck again. Three
1: yeah. In a row. So that happened. He was the youngest player to hit three home runs in a ball game. He was 22 years old. And on the same day, 2015, May the 6th, legendary Brewers broadcaster Bob Euchre and a whole bunch of other people in the broadcast booth got trapped in the broadcast booth because a lock was broken. They couldn't get out. One of his famous lines during the broadcast was, "People who are listening to the ball game, I know what you're thinking. He's ready for the home. He's cooked. It's finally happened. He's seeing ladders and doors without handles." <laughs> Bob Eucher, who played Harry Doyle, the announcer, in all of the major league movies. It's cool.
0: It's overcast and it's foggy on opening day here in Cleveland. Hello again, everyone. I'm Harry Doyle, along with my good friend and partner, Monty, what's-his-name, giving a big wahoo welcome to all the Cleveland faithful. Rick Vaughn gets the starting call today. We're told he matured a lot over the winter. Apparently, he's bathing now. Congratulations, Rick. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator, to complement his fastball, the Terminator. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in, Monty. That broadcast school has really paid <laughs> off. We're running for the opening pitch. Vaughn winds and fires. It's a strike, and we're underway. Vaughn winds for the 0-2 pitch. Call strike three. Call strike six. Call strike nine. Heading over.
1: Willie Mays Hayes steps in. Hayes had a great strike. <laughs> oh, it's great stuff. Bob Euchre. He's got a great former player, you know, but a great broadcaster. I guess he's in the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster, right? Or will be. But he was in that broadcast booth with fellow broadcasters, Joe Block, who's now with the Pirates, Jeff Levering, longtime engineer Kent Summerfield, his assistant, Mary Burns, and they all got locked in there. They were trying to get in with ladders through the window and everything. The door was broken. They couldn't get in. By the way, Joe Block, yeah, he used to do Brewers games behind Bob Euchre, and then he got the number one job with the uh, Pittsburgh pirates, but Joe, he's a really nice guy. He's a Michigan state grad. And I got to call a football game with Joe one time. So this would be what, 13 years ago we were on, uh, I, I forget where it was even broadcast or what television channel it was broadcast, but it was a central Florida versus Marshall college game. Marshall at central Florida in Orlando. And Joe was the play by play announcer And our sideline announcer was, uh, I think her name is Allison Williams, who she's big time now with ESPN. Joe's the play-by-play guy for the Pirates. And, of course, here I am. (laughs) That's right, Kenny, one of uh, Harry Doyle's great lines. Leads the league in nose hair. (laughs) Good stuff. One hit. That's all we got was one beep hit. The great Harry Doyle, played by Bob Eucher. Hour two coming up. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.